My name is Janessa. I'm a member of the gaming community, one that's really been through the ringer as of late. In the past few years, there's been a lot of hate and discrimination, and not nearly enough acceptance and empathy for each other, which is really strange when you think about it, because the foundation of the gaming community was built upon this old-school stereotype that only quote-unquote nerds play video games, and historically, nerds were something of a social outcast and often teased. You would think that a group of people with a predisposition to bullying would be some of the most accepting. I want to help the gaming community, my community, move towards healing. For a long time, I meditated on what this would look like. I realized that a large part of acceptance is empathy, and empathy manifests when you understand or share the feelings of another. But in order to empathize with someone, you need to listen to them. So I took these things that I learned and I applied it to what I love. Talking about video games, hearing people's stories, and producing podcasts. The end result is what you're listening to now. A collection of stories from individuals in the gaming community. So without further ado, it is with great pleasure that I welcome to you virtual recollection. There's a quote that resonates with me. Be kind, for everyone you meet is fighting a battle. And how true that is. Being a human is really tough, and for many people, video games can be a source of release from the struggle that is living day to day. This is Marilissa's story and how Ocarina of Time guided her through that struggle. I met with Marilissa on a warm summer day, late in the afternoon. Inside her house was what you could call the calm before the storm, because ten days from when we recorded the interview, Marilissa was getting married. After meeting her fiancé and adorable family who was in town to help with the ceremony, we made our way to the back patio where the evening quiet that washes over at dusk had taken the backyard, with nothing but a warm breeze to interrupt us. Marilis's family, like many others, got the Nintendo 64 for Christmas one year. A friend of mine had told me about Ocarina of Time, and yeah, I played it once and I just, you know, to build up the story, and I was hooked. Like, there was... You couldn't... <laughs> you couldn't tear me away from that game. Fortunately, the game had arrived in Marilis's life at just the right time, as things at home had become rocky. I was living with my stepdad and my mom, and she got married, and she was like, oh, I don't really need to be a mom anymore. And it was... I was the oldest of five girls. It was me and my two stepsisters and then my two biological sisters, and uh, I was, like, your stereotypical sta scapegoat for everything. And so anything bad happened, I got, like, kicked out of the house every other week, and I'm, I'm a teenager, right? So how are you supposed to support yourself when you're a teenager? I don't know. It's just, like, hard to explain, like, remembering that that game, again, was just, like, such a huge release for me because mm -hmm. I'm not getting kicked out of the house. I'm not getting yelled at. Both my parents, well, and my stepdad, they were deaf. And so getting yelled at in sign language is like you're getting yelled at twice over because not only are they doing it with their volume, but they're doing it with their body language. Oh, my gosh. Which is really intense. How old were you when you were playing this game through this time? Um, I 
I'm trying to remember. I, I can, I know that I can specifically say 13 and 14, um, where was my age that I was heavily invested in it because that was probably the time where things were the most hectic as far as like at home. Ocarina of Time was a way to escape when she felt trapped. By going on adventures with Link, Marilis has said it felt like she was growing when he was growing, and when he failed, it felt like she failed as well. After months of playing, Link and Marilissa conquered Ganon together. She said, I was pretty proud of myself when I beat the game. Is there a moment in the game that resonates with you more or the most when you look back on the game? Well, I think, he, you know, when he wakes up in the tree and he's all alone and then, you know, she comes and talks to him. Marilissa is referencing Navi, the fairy who is a companion to Link throughout Ocarina of Time. But he's just all lo- and I just I could connect with that, mm-hmm. you know, as far as like just feeling lonely and I don't know. I don't, does he seem lonely to you? Yeah, like, you know, he's different because he's different mm-hmm. and he's alone. And so I just I felt like I could connect with that the most. That was really an interesting time for Link, too, because he didn't really have a choice but to be brave. Right. Right. That. So now that you say that, I mean, I could definitely see that that's another, you know, I was the oldest of, like I said, five girls, and so... You didn't have a choice either. Yeah, I didn't have a choice either. I asked Marilissa what she felt when she beat the game. It was really sad, she said. And although Majora's Mask, the successor to Ocarina of Time, came out a few years later, it just wasn't the same. I just wasn't as connected to it as I was Ocarina of Time, she said. I haven't had another game that's made me feel that way. Ocarina of Time was just a great self-care tool, so... I hope someone else feels that way, too, about that game, because it's special. I mean, I know people attach a certain stigma with mental illness, which is why I was a mental health worker, because I, I know what that feels like to be in that position. Um, and sometimes it's really uncomfortable for people to talk about, and that's the problem. You need to talk about it more and uh, share your experiences just so other people can feel like, oh, I'm not so alone. Up next... One faithful Zelda fan holds his breath for a moment that never comes. we met in college through participating in the theater program. While college is long gone and we live in different cities, I'm in Portland, Joey's in LA, we're still friends on social media. So when I made the initial call for stories about Ocarina of Time, Joey volunteered to share his with me. I was a huge nerd growing up. I lived about 15 miles away from the closest mall, and whenever there was a big game release, I would take the bus and camp out to be the first person to buy it. Growing up in the 1990s, There was no bigger game release than Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the Nintendo 64. Zelda 64, as it was called at the time, was announced around the same time the Nintendo 64 was released, on September 26, 1996. The game faced numerous delays and wasn't officially released until November 21, 1998. That's over two years of anticipation and waiting for a video game. If you're a 14-year-old with no friends... You're counting every day until that game's released, like a prisoner waiting for his parole date. I couldn't wait to crack open that game and hear the famous original Legend of Zelda theme with all the power that a 64-bit graphics chip could muster. Finally, after two years of waiting and more anticipation than anyone has literally ever had for anything, I bought the game. 
day one. First in line at my local electronics boutique. They even gave me a free extra-large Zelda t-shirt that I proudly wore like a tent on my extra-small frame. When I cracked open the game, I noticed that instead of featuring the original Zelda theme on the title screen, they had a new intro track. It was fine, but it wasn't the theme I'd waited two years to hear. I assumed they were saving that theme for a particularly triumphant moment in the game, or when you got your hook shot for the first time. I traveled from Lon Lon Ranch to Death Mountain and everywhere in between. At no point did I hear the original Zelda theme. After beating the game, I was obsessed. Not in Link's 64-bit adventure, but in trying to find out if there was any point in the game where you could hear the original Zelda theme. Maybe I missed it. After going through the game with 100% completion, finding all heart containers and gold skulltalas, I gave up and called Nintendo's tip line. I had just one question for the man in his early 20s on the other end of the line. When does the game play the original Zelda theme music? His response? I don't know, kid. Sure, it's weird for me to be so focused on such a small detail, but Ocarina of Time represented more than a game to me. I was 14. I didn't play sports. I wasn't a musician. I didn't date. To me, Ocarina of Time was my homecoming dance, and I wouldn't be happy if every detail wasn't exactly how I wanted it. Now, I know exactly how bridezillas feel when their wedding cake isn't the color they wanted. Or more accurately, those Star Wars fans when they saw the special editions and were mad that Greedo shot first. Now, I have a lot of friends, and I hardly have time to game for more than a few hours a year. I don't anticipate things with the same fervor that I did as a 14-year-old. But I still remember how Nintendo ruined my 14-year-old life by not including 15 seconds of music in their several-million-dollar game. Full disclosure, I went into Joey's story totally blind, so this was not the story that I was expecting, and my surprise next is pretty obvious. Oh my god, Joey! <laughs> yeah, I don't know, it's yeah, kind of weird. Nintendo yeah, let me know ruined your life when I mean, you were 14? I mean, it's like, that definitely sounds a little bit harsh. I mean, I'm not sure if, like, that's, that's definitely uh, using bigger words for storytelling. But it did <laughs> disappoint me a lot, like... Like, people say that that's one of the greatest games of all time. Right. And, like, to me, it didn't officially... It never, like, started because I never heard the thing that I wanted to hear. <laughs> so, like, I played like I played through it not to enjoy it. I played through it waiting to hear that music. So it was just, like... It was basically, like, you know, however the game, long the game is, 20 to 40 hours of just, like, build up with no payoff. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that was the payoff I was looking for, is just to hear the 64-bit version of the Zelda theme. <laughs> they definitely rectified it with um, The Wind Waker. When that came out, it mm-hmm. had the complete remix of the theme, and it was great. And, like, it's something that I feel weird telling people about because, um, like, I remember telling friends about it with, like, absolute disappointment and them telling me, that like oh can't you just like play it on the ocarina and it's like that's besides the point i want to like and nintendo needs to have put it in there right it's like if you were playing mario brothers and at no point they played like da da you know like whatever the mario brothers yeah, game is yeah yeah why do you think nintendo do you think they purposefully left it out and why do you think they did that i mean i guess that um i doubt that nintendo purposely left it out because like why would you do that i really think that um this was an age where Nintendo wasn't sure of the power of nostalgia that they had over people. So to them, they just didn't think that it was important to include. Like, you know, whereas now I feel like Nintendo is very aware of what people play Nintendo games for. They know that, like, 
if you're playing Mario Brothers, like, you better see a magic mushroom or something like that. Whereas, like, you know, Super Mario Brothers 2, they were like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like, I just feel like they just didn't think it was important to include. And, like, even just, like, with the Wind Waker, and I feel I feel like all current Zelda games, it's always in there. It's just sort of like a leitmotif or whatever, just sort of like a little, a little throwback that you throw in, like, I don't know, when the Master Sword first shows up or whatever. Yeah. But, like, but now they just don't. I mean, they, back then they just didn't think that it was important to... You know, the common theme that I hear when I talk to people about Ocarina of Time is the theme of bravery. Uh, when this came out, a lot of us were young kids, teenagers, yeah. um, and a lot of them used Ocarina as a source of fostering bravery for whatever situation they were in, be it being um, a young nerdy kid like me who was just trying to grow up or getting through a difficult time in life. But hearing your story, it sounded like you were more focused on this determination to find where the original theme was. Did you, I mean, did you get a chance to draw anything from the story outside of hunting for this theme song? <laughs> okay, I would say that um, my thought process playing the game was probably 90% uh, just like dogged determination to hear this theme. <laughs> and maybe 10%, oh, I get it. Yeah, I get that. That's a it's a search for bravery and I get that uh, Zelda's transformation this Sheik is a very you know is a very telling thing related to that like Link's whole quest is mm -hmm. definitely related to that there were a lot of like really great moments in the game like when you get the Master Sword for the first time and you come to in the future and like you know everything's like all evil and kind of canonized um, like I definitely pulled that from it but sort of my that's my those were maybe my instinctual re reactions in playing it but the theme, like the search for the theme is the th my main takeaway. <laughs> Joey Clift is a comedy writer living in Los Angeles who wrote for shows on Cartoon Network, Sci-Fi, and DreamWorks TV. Listen to his professional wrestling podcast, You Should Love Wrestling, on Boardwalk Audio and iTunes. Relationships can be hard, and if they end, it can be even harder. And after a breakup, there's this awful period of time where you have to process the breakup, things that were or were not said, what is, what was, and what will never be. Having gone through quite a few breakups myself, as well as been with friends through their own breakups, there's one thing we can all agree on. Can we just skip this part and fast forward to when everything is back to normal? Well, you can't, but you can make it easier. Enter Evan, who's going to teach us this quote-unquote life hack. I met with Evan during Seattle's heat wave this past August. Now, if you're not from the Pacific Northwest, you should know that if the weather goes above 90 degrees Fahrenheit, 32 Celsius for the rest of the world, people just sort of lay down and give up trying to wait it out. Some of you might scoff at this, especially since the PNW is a region with pretty minimal humidity. But listen, when you live in an area that is famous for raining seven months out of the year, you are just not built for the heat like that. Despite the ungodly temperature, Evan agreed to meet with me to talk about her history with Ocarina of Time and what her trick was for getting through a breakup. Do you have a tribe tattoo? I do. I think it's on this side. That's a, a mustache. That's a mustache. <laughs> 
There we go. There it is. Yeah. Triforce tattoo. Yeah. That's awesome. Here's my first friendship tattoo. It's a friendship tat? Yeah, with uh, my college roommate, Angela. Yeah. So she also got the Triforce. We're, we're still looking for our third. <laughs> um, but she got that, and then she also got a Tetris piece. Oh, And nice. then I got the Mario mustache. Oh, nice. Because we wanted to get our favorite like Nintendo games, because in college we had... Um, my NES, which is right over there, yeah, and then uh, my SNES, which rest in peace, sweet baby, oh, no. sweet angel baby, no, and then my 64, uh, my boyfriend's GameCube, and his Wii, mm-hmm. and we had them all hooked up together so we could all, as a house, just be nerds and play <laughs> games together. Sounds like the best so. house. Which piece of the Triforce do you think you are? I don't know. It's kind of hard. It is yeah. really hard, yeah. I have a theory. I think everyone can be a different piece of the Triforce at different, different times. times, you know? Yeah. Like sometimes you have to be courage, and then other times you have to be strength. Yeah. It kind of changes in your life. Yeah. I think I'm neither. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm just like little pieces of all. Yeah. Just because, yeah. you know, together then you're the supreme being. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> I wish I got a picture of that look on your face just then. <laughs> and it's all in the eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was the first? Do you? What was the first time that you played Ocarina of Time? The first time I played was uh, my best friend Lindsay had just gotten an N sixty four right when they came out. So what was like ninety six? Yeah, yeah. Her so her dad got one for her, and she was never like a video game person <laughs> ever. Like <laughs> she was a theater kid. She did other things and I was like the little nerd and I didn't get one but for some reason her dad was like oh this seems pretty cool look it's all 3D so he got her one and then Zelda was one of the first games that she got and so we started playing it and of course we're like I don't know like 10 11 year old like girls who are like I don't know things about like ooh running like I'm used to running in a straight line with Mario yeah and it's like oh wow you can really explore and we're like oh god you have to fight um and I remember just playing and then getting stuck at uh, different places. I think. Oh God, where did we get stuck? I think it was in like. Oh, it was in the Deku tree. <laughs> <laughs> and it was where you have to like you have to slingshot that eye oh, like yeah. above like one of the entrances so that the bars go up. But we were like, I don't know what to do. And we were like looking, and this is before like internet, so you have no, you can't just like cheat your way through it. You're like, I don't know. I remember going to school like the next week and being like, talking to one of the boys and being like, I'm gonna be really cool and like talk to the boys about playing Zelda. And he's like, so you know that one part in the Deku tree? <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Like, at the beginning. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, you know, there's, like, an eye above, like, some bars, and I think you have to, like, hit it or something, but I don't really know how to... He's like, use your slingshot. And I'm like, oh, right, totally. And so when I went back to her house that weekend, we did that again and played, and then uh, my parents got me one, a 64, and my dad bought Zelda, so my dad and I would play together and the first time I beat it was with my dad. My dad and I were like, yeah, 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 <laughs> get him. Um, that was terrifying and it was the most frustrating but satisfying game to win. <laughs> Why was it terrifying? What about it? I think it was just scary because it's just, uh, 
when you get to, like, final Ganon, and you're like, oh my gosh, he moves so quickly, I don't know where he is. It's like being in a horror movie, yeah, where you, like, you don't know where he's gonna pop up, and he's gonna suddenly pop out of, like, this flames with his horse, and you're like, oh gosh! It's just being able to react, but also being, like, 11, 12, and button-mashing your way through, like, everything. So you're just like, ah, I think I got this, I think I got this! <laughs> and really, you... It's like stroke of luck, and finally my dad's like, "Here, let me just do this for you." I'm like, "Thank you, I beat it." You know, but my really my dad beat it for me. But then, after that, also spending way too much time in the water temple as an adult. Oh, girl! And you're like, "Ooh!" And each time, until recently, always forgetting like the order in which you have to hit all the levels, and then being like, once you figure out, just being like, "Now it's a breeze." But then you're still frustrated because you always remember weird parts of Zelda but never like some of the smaller details and recently I was playing it and um I was like okay so after the forest I gotta go see Zells and then I gotta like go up to the mountains and I get all the way up to the mountains I see the big dude and then he's like I want a fun song and you're like what? And I was like, oh, Navi, you were telling me, you were telling me to go see Saria. So now you have to like run back all the way down from the mountain across Hyrule Field and back into the forest. And Saria's like, I'm going to miss you. Here's my song. And you're like, I'm going to miss you too. And you have to run back and then play. The, like, it's So you forget like all those like, little details of playing Zelda. <laughs> And that's, like, but that's every time. It's, like, or you're, like, oh, I want to go over to Lon Lon Ranch. And you're, like, uh, hold on. I got to do these other things first. <laughs> but then it's, like, remembering all the different, like, little things. And then also with the guy with the masks and stuff. And you're, like, I mean, has anybody really sold more than one mask? Mm, I think I maybe sold three. Whoa. I don't even know where the other people are. Yeah. I just know, like, the one guard that, like, lets you up into the mountains. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, well, that was easy. I'm like, never again. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty much where my, my mask selling <laughs> adventures end. But then also, like, planting all, like, the random, like, little seeds around. So then when you're an adult, you're like, ooh, now I have that little pot I can go flying around mm -hmm. on. You know, and so it's, I always forget all those, like, little things yeah. every time I start playing it again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but I love that game. <laughs> Um, so on when I asked people for stories, you said I play it every time I go through a breakup, which I was like, oh my god, I have I have games that I if I'm going through a hard time, I immediately go to that game. But what about Ocarina of Time when you go through a breakup? You're like, this will help me heal. Um, honestly, it's because it's so frustrating and takes up so much time <laughs> that you just suddenly six hours is gone, and that's like the time that especially early in a breakup, it's like, that's when I would usually be spending time with this person, and now this person doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, or it's like, they do exist, but you probably shouldn't hang out with them, because that's always a bad thing. Um, so I will play, I'll play Offering of Time, because it just takes up so much time. And because I have to, f like, fully focus on being like, okay, what's my next step? like, I just want to go do things. And it's like, oh, you're not an adult yet. <laughs> can't quite do those things. You can't carry that shield yet. Um, and so, yeah, I just play it because it just, it makes me focus so much on, like, 
something else that isn't my relationship and my crippling anxiety surrounding the breakup. So it's pretty, I mean, yeah, it's pretty basic. Like, there's no deeper meaning in that. It's just really, it is the best way for me to pass time. And then I find myself just thinking about the game more than the relationship and, like, you know, the last one I went through was back in March, and I was like, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll pick up Zelda again, like, because this was a pretty bad breakup, and so, um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna play, start it all over again, I was like, oh my god, I forget how much they just talk, and you have to sit there through in everything, the and you're just like, go, <laughs> like, button mashing that A button, you're like, Ugh. it's like, I know the story, god. But then, you know, you start playing, and then it's like, it had been a while since I played it, and so I was like, like, what do I do here? Like, how do I get through this really easy point? And I kept forgetting, and so then I found myself, like, in my off time from playing, just continuing to, like, think about, like, what did I used to do to get through this thing? This one, like, net, or, like, you know, whatever trap is set for you. So, that's kind of how I, that's the, probably the best reason why I play it for breakups, that and, uh, like, the original Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> that's actually genius, though, because you make a really good point when you break up with someone, you suddenly have these large spans of time that were meant for doing something, mm-hmm. and now you don't do them anymore, so a lot of people, well, you can just kind of sit there and think about... <laughs> Oh, yeah, sorry, I live on a busy street. That's okay. <laughs> so you can sit there and think about, oh, if I was still with that person, I'd still be spending time with that person. Or, I mean, this is actually a really good life hack. Yeah. Is to just distract yourself completely. by playing... Completely. by playing Zelda, which is, which is a very complex game. Yeah. Because you'll start playing, and next thing you know, it really, like, suddenly it's dark outside, and you're like, what happened? You're like, and I'm also only... At the first water temple. You're like, I've really not done that much. <laughs> Especially if you've played, if like, it's not your first go through the game. You're like, okay, I, I really haven't done that much. But it's it's been six hours <laughs> of my life. Right. Is like Suddenly it's 3 a.m. And, and you're like, like whoa. You're like, whoa, I started this 12 hours ago. <laughs> oh. But yeah, you just, you know, and it's it just takes away all of that anxiety like I I am I describe myself as a stress ball floating in an anxiety puddle but it like totally removes all of that because it's like it's like playing Zelda or getting tattoos it just you focus you can't think about anything else because if you think about something else you just you just fuck up you yeah. just mess up you get your ass kicked yeah. by like a skeleton that's emerged from the ground yeah the night. little wolf skeleton yeah, yeah. that's embarrassing that is embarrassing or those like weird like little raptors <laughs> yeah. you're like stop knifing me <laughs> in the back and you're like no yeah i i don't know this it's such a good game i really love that game Evan works at The Stranger, where when she's not busy reigning as queen of the steno pool, she's starting a budding new hobby as a linoleum block print artist.
episode was about halfway through production. I was talking with Matt Hunter, who is also our composer for the show's music, about the theme and how I was still looking for one more person to interview. Being the awesome, resourceful human that he is, Matt threw out the idea to his social circle and connected me with Kathleen. Kathleen introduced herself by writing me this beautifully crafted email detailing what Ocarina of Time meant to her. And it's a lot. Memories of spending time with her brother as they played the game together growing up. The bosses were scary to a young Kathleen, so her brother played them for her. It means bonding with her boyfriend. Kathleen has a Triforce tattoo, which she says was a fun and important conversation for them. When Kathleen replayed Ocarina of Time in college, she said she realized that there are so many unanswered questions and unresolved stories, and that, when you think about it, Ocarina of Time is actually a really sad game. When you replayed Ocarina Mm -hmm. in college, was there a moment where you thought this game is very much so full of tragedy? I think for the most part, it was it was when Link is an adult. Mm. Like that's really when the sadder parts happen. Because there are some, you know, it's it's sad when the great great Deku tree dies, and then it's it's sad when Link has to leave, and then there's kind of this also this thing of like, oh, like you're you're not one of the the forest kids because you can leave, mm. and then it's also sad knowing that like oh they can't leave or they'll die. That's but. You know, for the most part, it's not until he's an adult that you have all this kind of tragedy happening, and then he wakes up to, you know, not only seeing um, Zelda getting the hell out of Hyrule, uh, and, you know, his friggin' Ganondorf just being all evil. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, and then the last thing he has is, you know, before he gets trapped is... Ganondorf being like, oh, thanks, kid. I couldn't have done this without you. And then, you know, as an adult to find out that, you know, seven years has gone by and everything him and Zelda, like, had been trying to do is just unwritten. He's finding out that evil has basically, like, taken over Hyrule. And, you know, all of his friends are, are missing. And I think I think it's really sad, kind of, when you find out that, you know, each of the guardians for the temple is, like, they're... It's like that question of, like, are they a spirit now? Are they dead? Like, you know, they're gone forever. So he has this childhood friend that after he saves her, she's gone. This kind of loss becomes a common theme for Link throughout the game. Characters who, at first, seem to have been a staple in his life are slowly taken away by Ganondorf. Oh, it it makes me sad to think the the head guy of the, the Gorons. That head guy's name is Darunia. As a child, Link becomes Darunia's sworn brother after he helps save the Gorons. When Link returns to Death Mountain seven years later as an adult, he finds out that Darunia has a son and even named him after Link. He meets with Darunia in the Fire Temple, where it's discovered that Darunia intends to battle the terrible dragon that Ganondorf has unleashed in the mountain. Problem was, Darunia didn't have the legendary hammer needed to defeat the dragon, and he fails. When Link beats the dragon after getting the hammer, it's revealed that Darunia is one of the seven sages, and he takes his place in the Chamber of Sages, never to see his son again. And then his, like, and it's, it's you know, his, his son's trying to be all brave, but then, then you know, once, once you defeat that temple, and, and he's just like, hey, thanks, brother, like, we're here to support you. And it's like, is that it, though, that your, your small son is growing up without a dad? Yeah. You're gone forever? Like, that was really sad. You know, he had to make a pretty huge sacrifice. These kinds of stories are all over Ocarina of Time, and they happen to all kinds of characters. 
main characters who heavily impact the storyline as well as supporting. For example, Anju, also known as the Cuckoo Lady. Her brother is missing, and while she isn't able to find him, she thinks of him often. Peter, you're talking to her as an adult, and she's just like, oh, this is my brother's cuckoo. He's really happy when he wakes, you know, a heavy sleeper up, and then you get to wake up the owner of Longman Ranch after, you know, you got kicked out. But then, you know, she gives, she still gives you the bird, and she talks about her brother, and like, you know, not knowing where he is, and he just disappeared, and then when you find him in the forest, and he has like medicine that he wants to, to give you, and, and you come back, and then he's gone. And then you have, like, one of the kids there being like, oh, yeah, adults who come in here who don't, like, belong. I forget what it is that they turn into. I think they turn into this... What do they turn into? Stalfos or something? Yeah. I fact-checked myself on this because even after the interview, I still wasn't quite sure. And it is Stalfos. They're giant skeletons. That's a recurring enemy in the Legend of Zelda series. And, and when she's saying that, like, it's it's really, uh, you know, she's kind of malicious in, in the way she's saying that, she like, is, satisfied yeah. with yeah with the, the awfulness that gets brought onto um, people who come into the forest that don't belong there. And that kind of makes, you actually just sparked a memory in me, because, the, I mean, when the Deku tree dies, he was protecting all those kids, and suddenly the kids don't have a protector for... Yeah, seven years, because after you yeah, defeat the, uh, the forest temple, when you get brought back down into that um, clearing, right. and then the baby one pops up, and then it's like, oh, BC Dubs, uh, Link, you're actually uh, a hillion. <laughs> here's here's the story of your your beginning. That's right. Thank here's you. the tragic story of your beginnings because you know they have like that that fire and then his, his um, mother mo- right, yeah, mo- yeah brings him in and then yeah. dies. That's right. That's right. So those kids were unprotected for seven years in the forest. They can't leave. Mm-hmm. Stuck in this dangerous place. No wonder she was acting that way. Mm-hmm. She, you know, she had to, probably had to be that way to survive. When I think of Ocarina of Time, I just I kind of. I mean, for obvious reasons, Link it and Majora's Masks together since, you know, Majora's Mask continues that storyline of, of, of Link looking for Navi. You know, it feels like so many of these elements, like Majora's Mask, just, like, cracks it wide open for how tragic. There was one line you said that I thought was really beautiful, but also in a really sad way, mm-hmm. with how you realize that Link, he couldn't save any, everyone. Mm-hmm. And he actually didn't save... When I look back, he didn't even save most of the people. With Link, it's about kind of just saving the greater good mm-hmm. and the masses, mm-hmm. which I think is an element that really gets like heavily touched on Majora's Mask because you're literally choosing who to save each time you go back in time, and like who to like right. let go of. I, I think the focus is, you know, they always tell Link like, you know, you have to save Hyrule, mm-hmm. and that is, I think, more of the the greater good piece because he's trying you know trying to save everybody but there's already so much um havoc and and suffering that's been um caused already to so many different um people and creatures that it's really kind of just kind of um coming in to stop it from getting worse because at the end of the game you know he goes back in time seven years with the idea that like okay you just none of this will happen you prevented the future from happening pretty much there's like only only so much that he can do it's like he has to he has to save his his uh it's like he can only save his plot points and anyone that's not a part of that 
they can't be helped mm-hmm. and they can't be saved. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird thing where, you know, essentially you're a kid and you're being told, like, okay, you're the savior of Hyrule. You're part of this long line of, of heroes that you have no idea about and you don't understand. <laughs> and, and you're going to start a lot sooner than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, and you're just, you're essentially making it up as you go along and, you know, Navi tries to help. But at least with, um, with Zelda, I mean, she gets some education mm-hmm. about what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And, um... You know, and she knows she knows what's going on, you know, and that's how she's able to be badass she, you know, help and assist mm-hmm. Link. But otherwise it's just yeah, it's just kind of like, Okay, I know this is what I have to do. I'm gonna do my best, pretty much. I know that I look calm and reserved, but inside I'm having this inner <laughs> turmoil of how it's been I've been alive twenty eight years and mm-hmm. this is the first time I'm really coming to terms with it feels like I ignored all these, you know, all these sad stories, and maybe it's more of ignorance, because, re- I mean, reflecting on it now, and mm-hmm. even the things you say now, I mean, the Deku Tree incidents is, ins- yeah, instance is so sad. Mm-hmm. That little girl being malicious is so sad, but it's never things that I thought about until just now, and I'm wondering, how could I have missed all this? You know, I think it's the same thing with when you reread a book or re-watch a movie, that they're just more elements that keep revealing itself to you over time. Mm. And um, and especially with, you know, for me, like, those are those two are my favorite games, and especially since, like, their storyline is linked. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's, it's been easier to see the ways that they overlap and, the, and, and to think, um, you know, think more critically on it because each time, like, you know, you play it, it's like your brain wants to discover something new. And so that allows me to, because it's not just that focus of like, okay, how do I get through this game again? It's like, oh, okay, I already know how to like do this. That's kind of just muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And everything else now is just a little bit being able to, I'm allowed to be more aware of, of what else is happening in the game. Yeah. Um, I also worry a lot as a nor- normal thing, so I think maybe I just pick up on those kind of like sad things anyway. <laughs> more naturally able. See, I'm a really anxious person myself. Far more anxious than probably the average human. But I still just wasn't... (laughs) Didn't pick up on it. Well, and like like I said, in my email too, just like starting out to play it, that like a lot of times it would be me watching my brother or having him play the bosses for me because it would just... It would freak me out. And I even remember like as a kid just being really empathetic and just like, you know, I thought of these moments that were like, oh, this is sad. I think, yeah, as I got older, it was like, oh, that's why that makes me sad. Mm. Or, um, you know, I find it to be uh, upsetting. So I think that's kind of helped. And it's just, I mean, that's uh, it's just like the, the great storytelling of, of the games is just, you know, you have, they have all this subtle context that, you know, it's, it's ready to um, reveal itself to you. Mm-hmm. Like when you're, I guess ready to, to ironically see it. over time. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, which is like one of the things I love about like, games. It's just it keeps. Yeah, there's still there's so much to to find out about it over time, mm-hmm. which is cool. <laughs> Kathleen is a photographer in Portland, Oregon, and an assistant production coordinator at a local creative marketing agency. You can find her personal work at kathleenalicekelly.com.
music on today's show was composed by Matt Hunter, also known as Mechlo. That's spelled M-E-C-H-L-O. You can find his music at mechlo.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash mechlo. You can also find some of his songs on his upcoming album, which will be available at mechlo.bandcamp.com. And don't worry, all of these links will be in the bio. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. And if you like what you heard today, I hope you'll consider subscribing to our channel. You can find us on Podbean at nocontinuescast.podbean.com or on iTunes under No Continues. Until next time, I'm Janessa, and this was Virtual Recollection. Virtual Recollection.